I'm Nicholas J. Hearn from TwoGuysTalkingHorror.com, and you're listening to the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Ready to conceive solutions to problems in an atmosphere free of political correctness? Find a new sense of purpose at WadeSense.com. That's WadeSense.com. Welcome, everyone, to Wade Sense. I am your host, Wade B. Olson, the Sage of St. Louis. Across from me sits Mr. Mike Wilkerson, the Wizard of Lake St. Louis. The reason I call him the Wizard is because he is responsible for making us sound professional, and it's the technical end, which I am absolutely, utterly in the dark. Mr. Wilkerson, how are you doing today? I'm awesome. I always appreciate being called the Wizard because I love your phone calls, where you call me Mr. Wizard. <laughs> Well, you know, I've, I have to, to get it so that, you know, it, it becomes a part of who you are. <laughs> Before I do absolutely anything today, I'll tell you what, I want to offer a serious kudos and really a plug for your network, Two Guys Talking, because mm. I would not be here if it was not for this network. This is exactly what it is that I've wanted, and I'm sure our listeners as well, because if, if there's a podcast that you've wanted to do, if there's an idea that you had and you did not know how to handle the technical aspect of it. You had the talent, you had the idea, you had the drive, you had the ambition, but you didn't know how to put it together. Mike Wilkerson is the gentleman, and his podcast network is the network that can make it happen. I certainly will. For those of you who don't know, I am a cab driver. I've been driving in the city of St. Louis for almost 20 years now, and I drive around talking to people and to myself about how to solve the problems of the world, and one of them, which could not be more prevalent right now, is the topic of making the media accountable to the public. Fake news is something I don't think anybody ever thought that they would ever hear to this degree and more and more realize that, yeah, there's a, there's a bias that is coming through that shouldn't be there. And I have wrestled and wrestled with this idea on how really to fix the media, to how to make it accountable. And the problem is, is that they're not really answerable to anybody other than themselves. But the part that really bothers me is here we are today and people are literally picking and choosing their brand of news. I mean, I can remember when I was a kid, you had your three or four networks. It was the nightly news, but pretty much everybody was on the same page. Now, whether or not they were just as biased then, I wouldn't have known. But today it is so blatantly obvious. You've got on one end, you've got Fox News, which is admittedly conservative. And all the way on the other side, you have got MSNBC, which is admittedly liberal slash progressive. And then CNN tries to say they're unbiased, but they're not. And everybody else is just kind of in between. But the problem is, is that there is a ton of news that they're not covering because it doesn't fit their narrative. But if you've got people that are picking and choosing their news, they're never hearing both sides. They're just hearing what it is that they think that they want to hear. How do we fix the fake news? This is the Wade Sense solution. My idea is that we have what amounts to one, serious newscasters would need to go through a process of basically being licensed. Now, although already I can hear people screaming that this is an infringement on the First Amendment, and I would immediately be there with you. But I have caveats in place. One of them is this, that... If you th say that all reporters need to be armed, I'm going to jump <laughs> No, 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 not at all. Okay. No, what it is is that they take what amounts to a Hippocratic oath for newscasters. They, they will report all of the news, 
and they will not hold back anything that doesn't fit their narrative. They won't spin anything. Who are going to be the harm police? Well, see, now that's where I've got it. This is where the American public comes into play. Mm. My idea is this. And by the way, this also doesn't have anything to do with other newscasters uh, like Vox and other sites like that that are like pseudo news, not serious newscasters. They can go ahead and there, there doesn't need to be any kind of licensing or oath taking or anything like that. It's just the ones that have taken the responsibility to be in front of the public goes through this process. Mm-hmm. But my idea is this. Very simply put, you have what – you remember Nielsen ratings. Are they, do they still do Nielsen ratings? They I don't do. even know. Mm-hmm. They do. Okay. They do. Picture a version where it is a assorted group of people, every background, ethnicity, professional background, uh, the works, and their position, their job is to – I haven't worked out how the compensation would be, how you keep them from being uh, contacted by agencies or reporters or whatever. Uh, there would obviously have to be a serious amount of anonymity in this. But they are watching the newscasters, and they're watching them to see that they're not spinning things, that they're not not reporting things. Something out there that is blatantly obvious that no one's talking about, they get called on. But my idea is this. This is how you keep the newscasters honest and on point. There is, according to these this, this Nielsen group of news watchers, there is an ongoing scrolling underneath of their reliability, honesty rate, whatever. Now, what this does is it's front and center that these newscasters are reliable or not, depending upon what their their percentage is, and that it keeps the stations from being able to tell the newscasters, look, I want you to report this, this, and this. Ignore these things. It doesn't fit our narrative, whether it's said or unsaid. Now, the way that this works for that is that the advertisers are going to be looking at the newscaster's rating rate. And it's like, okay, this guy's got a regular 50%. Viewers are looking at him and seeing that every day knowing he's not reliable. So why would we advertise on his network? Mm-hmm. So it keeps the adver- – so it, it, since it's keeping the reporters honest, the advertisers have a reason to go on that network. So the better the rating is, the more than the networks are going to be able to charge to the advertisers. Mike. Do your hole poking best, sir. There should be plenty of holes in this, I would only imagine. What if the potential sponsors want to help sink one side or the other? So the potential sponsors are leaning one way or another. So Which they do already. Well, yeah. Yeah, obviously so, there are some products that are mm-hmm. definitely more conservative and, more, and others more liberal in nature. Mm-hmm. That's a good... I imagine... What about that's just it's it, you don't really need to give me an answer. It's just more of a rhetorical question because I don't know how it could possibly be addressed because it's finding the where they would go for the throat to topple whatever your solutions are is where they would go. Mm-hmm. The the first thing would probably be the questioning of the certification process and whom are the judges that are graduating people in this mythical we shall now certify you as a reporter because. You're old enough to know when there were what I will now call legacy reporters, Mm -hmm. when you would say the name Dan Rather. Walter Cronkite to begin with the start. Right. Uh, Walter Winchell. You you say those original first names and you think, wow, those really are staples. Yeah. However, as they got older, they definitively spun in one direction and Dan Rather continues to spin in one direction. Yes, absolutely. Does that mean they get their certifications taken away because now the board deems them as not being certified? Or how often, perhaps, is this certification process? 
Okay, this is the sticking part, and 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 I'm thinking that really with the board of news watchers, newscaster, sentinels, whatever the hell you want to call them, this the certification part at that point really isn't necessary because now they're being called to the carpet daily, hourly because of the Nielsen watchers. Well, so, but a, a certification can never get to the point where it doesn't matter anymore because when that happens, you know what we have. We have a bunch of professors mm -hmm. that are now telling us about the evil demon woman that died that used to be married to the president. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and her saying whatever she wants to and knowing that there will never be a penalty for her will have exactly the same thing inside of the news realm. And if we did that, I've, I'm not kidding, like right now, mm -hmm. we'd have probably 50 different people that would take exactly the same position as that, that professor that thinks that nothing can be done because she's got tenure at insert name of school. Well, that's why I'm saying that now that I'm thinking about it, sitting here that the certification process, the, the, the licensing, the Hippocratic Oath, whatever, of the, of the uh, newscasters isn't necessary if they are having this Nielsen watching group constantly in effect there's there, there's no need for it sure so let's focus on the nielsen style because it's not nielsen's it's nielsen style rating system nielsen style rating yes they, okay. they would never be able to lump something like this onto the what, a, what well no i just i did i just didn't have a, a good name sure. to call it right now so sure. i was going with what exists right now sure so the pseudo nielsen's is what we'll the call pseudo nielsen's fine all right the pseudo okay the pseudo nielsen's are watching the newscasters I, i'll They're, tell you what how about the news nielsen's the news nielsen's that makes okay. it easy the news nielsen's okay. the news nielsen's right. are watching the newscasters and they're calling them to account daily and by there would be a, a, a very simple set standard uh, that the news Nielsen's would use like I said it would be spin it would be uh, not just news covered but news that wasn't covered because it didn't fit the narrative right and see there's a couple of ways to work this there can be perhaps a core of people that are deemed the people that would judge how these things are judged mm -hmm. there'd have to be a rating system I don't know if, in fact, I don't know if you partook in it or not, but way back when, TiVo used to have a thumbs up and a thumbs down button. Really? I've never even played with TiVo. That's how technically dense I am. Okay. Well, it used to be where you could like be watching stuff and sit there and hit the thumbs up button. Okay. And it would have more attention span and be shared with other people because you hit the thumbs up button. Okay. And Why did they get ones, rid of that? Yeah. Why didn't they get I don't, I don't have any idea. I never used it. Oh, okay. But, but the gist is there used to be a thumbs up and thumbs down. Well, it could be very much the same, except that it could either be leaning left or right or whatever the designation of that, that scale is, but that's something else that's also going to have to be created. Right. Then the education of the core of people that are going to be judging that also has to be created. Mm -hmm. So that's an academy of some kind. Okay. Where those people also go through a period of transition where they go from, I don't know really anything about what I'm doing, to I've now graduated with insert name of certificate that I would get because I graduated from that academy. Or okay. All right. board or certification system, whatever we're going to call it. So there's a couple of different things that we've created that would definitely make jobs. Yeah. But now we've got to figure out who's in charge of teaching these people inside of the academy. And that would be hard because obviously mm -hmm. most schools of communication are extremely progressive. Right. Uh, w without question. The, the, the bottom line is you have to find something to be able to teach and have a teeter-totter there right. that isn't one-sided. Uh, how you do that, I have no idea. We can't do it today with the existing media that we have. 
Right. So I, I, but I don't, I don't think I don't know. also don't Mike think I don't think Mike that they're even trying to put forth the effort though. There's there's not even uh, really trying to fake being either conservative or anything other because their idea that the the group think that is coming out of college campuses today that I see so far is that progressive thinking is the only way to go and anything else is is Neanderthal, it's it's just wrong, period, so they right, don't even but, bother to attempt it. Right, but your solution is trying to combat that, right? Right, exactly. Okay, okay well, that's, that's kind of where I'm going. Okay. Okay, so we've got the people that are going to go through some sort of certification process to be the reporters inside of this guild. Then we've got the people that are going to have the News Nielsen system who are the watchers are the right the watchers slash gauging via mm-hmm. television and other news outlets on the web i guess yeah they would have to that be would have to be designated yeah. as well right um because youtube has i think thousands of news outlets in air quotes you know that don't really mean anything they just happen to have a, uh, a youtube presence like vox some... is one of them is that what you're thinking well not... the only one i can think of off the top of my head well sure so there's a there's a network that calls itself Young Turks. Yeah, I've and heard of it. Young yeah. Turks has an excellent green screen and set and mm-hmm. series of people that get mm-hmm. on and and are able to profess their points of view very passionately right. without question, and many people fall in line and follow them. Yeah. Uh, very much the same with Fox and everything else on the, on the conservative side. So you have to be able to judge and look at all of those things. You have to be able to gauge those things, but then you also have to be able to gauge the people that are doing the gauging. That is a lot of stuff going on to try and keep something straight. And I, I think you already know this, the faster you put more moving pieces into a machine, right. very the often faster the faster the down. wheels come off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, I see what you're getting at. So I, I, I love it. I, I love that. And this is kind of broken out in like, how are these people going to be delivering? This, this is what we have not talked about is the right. penalty. Okay. So you, that's the rating system. Right. Right. That's the rating for the dude, reporters. Dude, I get it. Right. Here, here's the sample. Uh, you're driving your cab mm-hmm. uh, 80 miles an hour in a 55 mile an hour speed limit zone. Right. All right. So you get one ticket. Here's your ticket. Okay. Over the course of a year, let's say you get five tickets. Okay. You're not going to like that mostly because five times, especially at that speed, mm-hmm. you're not going to like the fine that you're going to get there. But what right. you'd also get is uh, most states, including Missouri, have where if you get the X system. number, right, okay. X number of tickets, it counts against a point system. Yeah. The point system then breaks your ability to actually be able to drive a vehicle, regardless right. of what kind it is. That also stacks up on top of your own personal and or business insurance. So there are reasons to not do things. I don't see anything like that happening inside of the scale that we're going to be creating here, because if anything, Someone that walks up and screams fire, fire, fire in the news theater, mm-hmm. they almost always get more attention and they're bettered for it. Somehow. Right, right. Uh, we, we can pull open. But then again, I, I, and I won't just say even on one side, it's not just on what I would consider the progressive side. Mm-hmm. There are many times where something like that, I think uh, in particular with high speed chase porn, mm-hmm. I think noting that there are officers in peril. I think that all of that has become kind of uh, it's the next uh, overhead high speed chase cam. Mm-hmm. The difference is that we're watching a group of a SWAT team or something moving in on a building or whatever, right, whatever right, that is. Right. And that does happen on both sides, not not just the progressive side. It does happen on the, happen on the conservative side, right. too. But all of those things have to not only be watched, but they have to also now have to be governed, rated and scored into a system. That's where it's going to get really strange. It is, but, I mean, who's to say that it isn't possible? 
who the, who's to say that it isn't worth trying? Because right now, as it stands, like I said, the thing that bothers me the most right now, Mike, in, in the world that we live in, is that people are picking their brand of news. They're not trying to listen. I mean, I go out of my way to watch different networks at the same time, you know, going back and forth, seeing what they're covering. And, and it really is amazing that there are things that maybe Fox is covering that everybody else is completely ignoring or vice right. versa. Right. But do you like ch- chocolate ice cream? Yes. Do you? Do you like vanilla? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, you only get to have chocolate now. Oh, that's not happening. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude, is that the faster you tell people you may not blah, then they will instantly gravitate towards blah and do whatever they want anyway and shove your face in it. In fact, nowadays, they'll actually record the intervention. So when you say, hey, man, you may no longer have any of that vanilla ice cream. You may only have chocolate ice cream. Someone's going to grab a camera while the ice cream police come over and force your face into a bowl of chocolate ice cream. Okay. And now that's news. Okay, I'm being thick again. I don't understand what this has to do with... All I'm trying to say is that this agency, the, the, the News Nielsen's, would be getting it across via the rating system that is continually showing that newscasters, based on this system of you know, spin, of coverage, whatever else is, is in that envelope are showing that they're reliable or not. This is Now, you heard about Elon Musk. Uh, I, I sent that article to you, the, the whole thing where he's basically planning on putting together a website mm-hmm. that will do a reliability rating on different factors right. on reporters. That's now, he another, said that's, now, that, now, that's different because that's just that website. But he said the reporters are going to be paying attention to this because it, that's their industry. And it's right. going to get back, too. Uh, it's it's going to get back, but it's also going to become the next fact check website insert whichever flavor you want on whatever side Um, where i can go to one fact check website that leans conservatively and find factoids and then i can go immediately almost in the same hour to the other side's leaning fact check site and find opposite bullet points that state this is really what's happening so who's standing in the middle going and these things are right and these things aren't inside of those two entities because you're going to have to have exactly the same style thing inside of whatever gets created by your plan I understand where you're going with this, but if it's based on a set of standards, those standards aren't leaning left or right. It's just coverage and no spin. Okay. Let's take a recent sample from my growing up town of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. Okay. Recently, and I I only know the periphery because I've only seen a couple of news articles, Mm -hmm. uh, frankly, from both sides, because I've gone to CNN and to Fox News to get those two perspectives, which I think are traditionally diametrically different. They are. Okay. Now, what I see is I see a rookie NBA basketball player. Mm -hmm. I see that he has parked across three lines of parking spaces to walk up to the arena that he's going to be playing at Mm -hmm. eventually, Mm -hmm. and a cop accosting him. Mm Mm-hmm. And insisting that his arms be taken out of his pockets and mm-hmm. in his hoodie slash sweating, he says no. Okay, well, eventually one cop turns into needing backup, which is the mo. Mm-hmm. It, it's the way things work when things, especially when things when a a, a giant man, mm-hmm. regardless of color, well, yeah, uh, refuses to do what he's told, regardless of who owns the car, etc. Okay, well, it all spins south very very quickly, as you can imagine. Right, right, right. So the NBA rookie ends up getting tased. Uh-huh. He ends up getting arrested. And later on that evening, he goes back to the game. And, of course, he's got this gargantuan 
cheek where he's either been slugged or elbowed or whatever it is. I, right. I, I haven't dug in that deep into it. Right. And so what you've heard just now sounds kind of like if he would have just acquiesced and took his hands out of his pockets and had a conversation, everything would be fine. Yeah. That's not what's happening on either side. I know. I was I was absolutely flabbergasted. The first thing that happens is the Milwaukee County Milwaukee County Police Chief comes out and says that they're very sorry for the treatment of insert name of rookie. I know. And, and, and I again, I have not dug into the reasons of what was found to be not appropriate. If they've bothered to announce that something was not appropriate, I'm also going to take them at that at their word as police officers. Right. That they have identified something that was not in the standard protocols, and so there is something afoot. But where do we now stand on that leaning? Is it leaning towards your progressive, all cops beat every single black dude, even mm. though half the cops were black? Right, right. Or is it the leaning towards the conservative where, look, if you just listen to what the cops tell you to do, there won't be any problem at all. Or rah, rah, thin blue line or right. whatever people think that the, the right slash conservative leaning is perspective. Who is it that's going to decide on this case? And what happens when if one of the judges says, well, that's not what that's not what I see there. What I see there is an NBA rookie not complying after right. parking across three lanes of th- three complete parking spots where he shouldn't be. Right. Those are the facts. Right. But now when the police chief says that the cops did wrong, how does that counter against what the judge says is supposed to happen inside of the news Nielsen's? That's what I'm talking about is, if again, if, if you have two buttons or a, I choose to not give an opinion, which is totally possible, if you had those three buttons, which of those buttons do you push on this case? Because if I push the one there's that leads side, progressively... my side, and there's the facts. That's how it should read. Well, unfortunately, the way that the news Nielsen's have to read is, does it lean progressively? Does it lean conservatively? Or does it lean in the, I'm not going to bother to give my opinion because everybody's going to bitch anyway? I would think in that instance, in, in whatever device the uh, News Nielsen's were using to gauge their ongoing um, watching of the newscasters, that there would, that, there would have to be. It's like, uh, it leans progressive, it leans conservative, it's in between. In, in between being the highest rating. Do you understand? No. No. Nope. Okay, they're watching a news story that's going on right now, okay? And the newscaster has got his rating that's going on right now. Say he's at like uh, 75 80%, okay, from all the people that are watching. But the story starts to go one direction or the, no- or the other. Then his rating starts to go down as you're watching it from the newscasters, from the News, Nielsen, news Nielsen's guys that are watching it. Do you understand? Because... He was spinning, and the spinning was obvious. It doesn't matter whether it was – that's what we've got to get back to. It doesn't matter whether it was progressive or whether it was conservative. He's spinning, and since he's spinning, his rating is going down, and his rating is going down publicly. I mean, I I understand what you're saying, but if you just stick with that standard – you're spinning, and it's obvious that you're spinning, at least to the percentage of people. So, in the use- sam- hold on. In the sample that we've just used, then spinning uh-huh. would equate to, as you can see, this is yet another black man being ganged up upon by city police who think they own the city. As it stands right now, progressive, what you just said. Okay. Okay. Now, the problem is that the police chief says that the police were wrong. 
That, hmm. That's that's kind of where I'm going. Is yeah. that the the longer and faster you and I can find little pinpricks like this? Imagine right. how much time fifty people would spend trying to figure out whether they want to swipe left or swipe right on whatever their gauges for the news Nielsen's. I'm not saying it's going to be right. easy. I'm not saying it's going to be able to be done instantly. Yeah, it's not going to be but, a flawless system, but something. I'm, I'm some... telling you, inside of law enforcement, when you've got the guy, and I'm the guy that wants to be pro law enforcement to the death. Yeah, same here. I, I know that. I know that we do not give the respect that law enforcement needs almost across the board. No. If it's just budgetary concerns, if it's just the fact that as much as people don't want to comply, there are absolute positions where there should be compliance. And it's not because they are overlords. It's because it's order. Right. It's order. We have to have order. Right. Uh, that being said, when I do hear what the police chief said was inappropriate, mm-hmm. I am super curious to find out what was inappropriate. You know, was was a guy on his knee on this guy's cheek and or face that caused the, the giant hickey that he just got on the, on the side of his face? Right. What, what were the reasons that were the... And the chief comes out and apologizes. And then I've forgotten what the admonishment was, but it's nothing good. Right. It's going to be whether stuck on a desk with no pay or a short suspension with no pay or whatever that's yeah, whatever, going to be. Whatever it is, he's being punished and now he's going to be thinking twice when he's doing his job, which is the which is the dangerous part. Right. That's why their cops getting killed today is because they are they're, they're thinking, is this is this incident going to end my career if I don't handle it correctly? Right. And and that is admitted. In fact, that we're mentioning police officers and law enforcement, I have to also mention a couple of podcasts on our network that are devoted Please do. to to law enforcement and providing a human face literally on the people that are inside of it. Uh-huh. The first one is whatcopswatch.com where my co-host Chief Christy Giuseppe and Lieutenant Pat Doring who is a crisis negotiator based in the St. Louis Major Crime Squad and what we talk about is when law enforcement is shown inside of television, movies or other media, we tell you where Hollywood gets it right. More importantly, we tell you where they are not up to snuff and really doing disservice, not only to the police officers, but to the educational process of law enforcement. Mm-hmm. That's the first one. The second one is free field training with Officer Tommy Model, who serves in a city near South Chicago. Mm-hmm. And what Tommy does is he provides free field training, the training that police officers and members of security would get traditionally inside of either the cone of becoming a cop mm-hmm. Or going into some sort of scholastic environment and getting the education to help give you more information about security. The best part is that Tommy is so incredibly engaging that anybody in any walk of life that has any interest in having a tiny wee bit of order put into their life, Mm -hmm. you can glean something from every single one of his episodes. Whether it's talking about how to spot an imposter cop. Uh, learning more why cops use 40 and and really there are hundreds of videos now that give you perspectives that everybody will be appreciative of Uh, we'll put links to everything there inside the show notes you can find out more over at whatcopswatch.com or you can find more over at freefieldtrainingpodcast.com definitely worth checking out two excellent programs yeah they're they're great programs and uh, what they also love to do in fact we'll have them on this program eventually they love to cross paths inside of oh I'd love to meet those guys yeah inside of programs like this one so we'll, we'll definitely have them on in the future cool Anyway, that's that. I think that's a great discussion. It's a very interesting program, mm-hmm. and we have now identified so many different facets of it that we really do need to ask the audience what they think of the program and how they can fix, put the Band-Aid over little bleeding spots that you and I have uncovered inside. Yeah, this. please, guys. We really want to get your input on this because yeah. Mike and I know we're missing Taxi! something. Yeah. Jump over to our Facebook presence over at facebook.com forward slash Wade Sense. 
That's W-A-D-E-S-E-N-S-E. And tell us what you think. The Dummy Codes is fast becoming one of Mike's favorite segments. Totally. And dummy. the one that... What? Totally. Dummy. Dummy. <laughs> the one that I have today... Uh, really really sticks with me because I, I absolutely believe like I believe most Americans that the First Amendment is absolutely sacrosanct there is no such thing as hate speech there's no such thing as expression that is illegal it may be heinous it may be in bad taste you may be a complete jackass for doing it but you have that right there was a uh, teen in Oregon who was kicked out of class for wearing a Trump T-shirt. The T-shirt was talking about the building of the wall. There was no cursing. There was nothing that was remotely tacky or tasteless about the shirt. But, I mean, if it anything other than outright cursing, I cannot see a single reason that this child should have been chastised. And honestly, I, I swear, I, I, if I hoped that I could have been him and had the forethought, I would have started walking around school going, yeah, I find that offensive. I find that offensive. I find that offensive. Get, make them take those down. Let, let's see exactly how this works. Because you can see kids walking around with Che Guevara t-shirts who have no clue what a murdering racist bastard he was. Mm-hmm. But they just think it's a cool picture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's like, I, I just, I cannot believe that there was one kid in this class, or maybe it was the teacher, that found this offensive and said, well, you either cover it or you have to leave uh, school, get kicked out. So he was, and they tried to treat it as uh, an absence. Uh, He went back and got that uh, changed, but now he is suing the school. And I I could not be more on this kid's side. Like I said, if there's not cursing on it, the teachers, I don't care if it goes against what they feel towards the president or his policies or whatever, you don't have a right. The public freedom of speech has got to be sacrosanct. I, I actually had, uh, weirdly enough, something like this happen when I was in seventh grade. But in that right, in, in that instance, the school was right. They had a policy where you couldn't wear anything that um, advertised beer, and I was wearing a Budweiser belt. So, uh, well, I have a couple of, and you're bashing again. Oh, sorry. I, I have I have a couple of very interesting perspectives for you. Okay. The first is going to be in regard to my upcoming thirtieth high school. Reunion that's coming up later this year. And I remember a couple of t-shirts worn inside of our school. You're going to be in shock when you see these old people. (laughs) No, I've I've seen a lot of them and not not so much a shock. We're not really. Okay. Anyway, I I remember a couple of shirts that a couple of people specifically were wearing inside of our giant photograph Uh of 300 something people. Yeah. And of course they were wearing something else. When they went to go stand in the place and then took off an outer shirt and had something else underneath. Yeah. Okay, the first one was a kid that I rode on the bus with. His name is Dax, who is now a chef. Ah, okay. I don't remember which town he's in, but Dax uh, is now a chef. And it looks like he's having a wonderful life. Okay. And his shirt was a man and a woman having sex with the woman on top. Damn. A white shirt. Little red straps around the arms, uh-huh. and then on the on the front of the silhouettes okay. of a man and woman having sex. Okay, pretty awesome. All right, and so then the second one, I've forgotten his name. I think his name was Will. Uh huh. And Will loved to talk about the fact that he was able to go to Hawaii. 
And I remember back in the 80s. I remember back in the 80s <laughs> when everybody's dream spot, and it's not changed really at all. Except uh, for the part that's on fire right now. Right. And, dude, it's not even it's not, it's not even as big as this building. Yeah. It's very small. Anyway, the, uh, the, the, the gist is that uh, he loved talking about Hawaii and that he went with his family. Mm-hmm. So much so that inside of our picture, he chose to wear the T-shirt that said, I got laid. And of course, laid is spelled like a lay, like right, you get in Hawaii. Exactly. Uh-huh. Okay, so where do those fall? Do those fall inside the you may now remove them or turn them inside out? Or is that the rah rah, I shall now be Hitler and no no First Amendment for you? Depending upon how graphic the first t shirt was, I would have an issue with that because now you've got that, that fall would fall under public obscenity. Don't think that belongs in a school. Okay. Uh, the second one, no, it's you're having fun. It's funny. Okay. Well, the answer is they sent them both home. Okay. The don't, picture, agree, don't agree with the, fir- the second one. The, 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 picture, the picture lives in perpetuity forever. <laughs> in fact, I, I still have every single version of the picture where it was in the yearbook or our giant 11 by 17 that we got. That now, I thank God have. we couldn't pixelate things out back then. You were just stuck. Uh, yeah, too true. Too true. Uh, I have a wonderful Sting t-shirt on. Uh-huh. That was when uh, Sting had broken out on his own. And uh, okay. it, was, uh, it was a ton of fun. And uh, I'm certain that there were others, but those were the two that I can remember off the top of my head. Okay. Anyway, those are, those are the two that bring my curiosity to your dummy code entry. Oh, okay. The- I think my dummy code inside of this episode is going to deal with a very, very popular rapper whom I can't remember the name of because I'm not a giant rap fan. Mm -hmm. I love listening to some rap. I think there's stuff that's incredibly catchy and makes you bob your head awesome. Love all of it. There's there's a bunch of it I really, really like. But there's also a bunch of it that I think is worthless. And the kind that we're going to be talking about today is specifically worthless in my opinion. There was a young lady that appeared at at the concert of this incredibly prolific, successful rapper Mm -hmm. and inside of the lyric set for this song was the giant n-word which shall not be uttered ever inside of this program awesome so all the people there are terribly familiar with the word they obviously have a concept of the word whether it be the context of what the artist thinks it is or whatever their own context is so they all have a general context of what the n-word means whether it be to the artist or to the people that are in the audience who have now paid insert dollar amount to come into this concert and have at it all night. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, this incredibly well-known rapper invites a young lady up on stage, mm-hmm. a young white lady, mm-hmm. dark curly hair, mm-hmm. and man, she's ready to go. Mm-hmm. She's ready for her chance. Mm-hmm. And you hear the, the the thumping beat of whatever song it is mm-hmm. that they're going to play. Right. Everybody's digging it. Everybody's digging it. And he's right. going to let her, he's going to let her rap. It's so right. awesome. Yeah. And they get into the first couple of lyrics. And man, it's awesome. And the whole, you know, the whole everybody's bouncing their hand like they're bouncing a giant basketball. And it's awesome. And then, of course, they get to the part of the song where the N word is used Uh, and she uses it. Oh, imagine that. Yeah. She uses the N word. That's in the song. That's in the song. Really? Right. Why why would she do that? Exactly. Why would she do that? I, I, I can't imagine that. Well, he then admonishes her for it. He stops everything. Oh, no, 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 no. No, can't can't do that. And the crowd starts booing and just destroying her. And she finally convinces him to give her another chance. There's some people in the audience who go, you know, man, give her a chance. Mm-hmm. Fine. So they give her another chance, start the music. Everybody's thumping and just banging. It's awesome. And mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And she gets past the first part where she doesn't use the N-word. Mm-hmm. And then they get to the second one and she uses it again. Mm-hmm. 
He stops, puts the brakes on the whole thing, and off the stage she goes. Everybody's booing. Everybody hates this woman. Mm. And all she was doing was singing the lyrics right. that the artist made at one of his concerts. Right. So where do we put the dummy codes here? And the answer is... Yeah, I want to hear those. There are thousands of dummy codes that need to be handed out at this concert. Yeah. Because we don't have enough of them. Yeah. If the artist can't take anybody saying their own lyrics from their own songs, regardless of what color they are. Right. Pick another lyric, dude. Yeah, exactly. How about boy? Yeah, something. Or man. Yeah, anything. Or G. Whatever he wants to pick. Right. To supplement the N-word inside of his song so that any one of these many white people would not be admonished on a stage when he chooses, chooses to stop the concert and have somebody come up and rap with them. It, it is it is amazing to me that I, I was actually watching that. And that is a great a, a great sample for a dummy code. Yeah. And where we ask our audience, what do you think of our two dummy code entries here? Let us know what you think by going to our website. Taxi! It's over at wadesense.com. Click on the right-hand side of the page. Fill out the quick web form and let us know what you think. There's something I wanted to add. There was a story that is a personal story. about. Um, it was me and my uh, 14-year-old stepdaughter at mm-hmm. the time. Yep. We were having one of those. Now, my stepdaughter is mixed, and we're having this conversation. And basically, she said, "She said, you know, Dad, you can go ahead. You can you can use it. You can use the N word." And I looked at her and I thought, and I said, "No." I said, "I'm not going to have any part of a, of a two faced word." And she said, "What do you mean?" And I said, "I said, Krista, it, it's it's like the F word. It, it it doesn't matter how you say it. You can say it sweetly. You can scream it. You can whisper it. Whatever." It doesn't lose its punch. It doesn't lose its effect. That's the F word. If the N word is okay sometimes, then then no, that's not right. It's a two-faced word, and I won't have any part of using it. My own daughter said that I could go ahead and use it in her presence, and I refused. So I understand exactly where you're coming from, and that was a great example of the dummy codes. Yeah, yeah. And again, the dummy codes are, are never anything that we're looking to bash people. It's literally where it just none of it makes any sense. Right. We just want to protect the dummy codes is is about protecting the rest of us from the insanity of a few very easily offended souls that just need to realize the majority is cool with this. So sit back, shut up, ignore it or walk away. Mike and I will be right back. We want to do our YouTubery and I think that you're going to be pretty pleased with what we've got. Stay tuned. We'll be right back to Wade Sense. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even after your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, Those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment. Real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort right now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. The Two Guys Talking Podcast Bug a truly original autonomous mobile recording solution. Get bit by the podcast bug. www.podcastbug.com 
Do you remember the movie Code of Silence? If you don't, Chuck Norris wouldn't tolerate it. And let's face it, you'd already be dead. Check out the Perspective Review of 1985's Code of Silence, where we tell you what Hollywood got right, what Hollywood got wrong, and clearly where Hollywood wanted to evoke Chuck Norris's wrath. Check it out, or chuck it out, at whatcopswatch.com. That's whatcopswatch.com. Hostage and crisis negotiations are some of the most demanding jobs in law enforcement. I'm Pat Doring, crisis negotiator, and inside my new book, Crisis Cops, you'll learn more about the perspective I and my fellow negotiators experience when it comes to bridge jumpers, a hostage taker, or those who are contemplating suicide. From origin stories from the initial beginnings of hostage crisis negotiations across the country to the art form that has become today, you'll learn all about it inside of Crisis Cops, the evolution of hostage negotiations in America. Order it now at twoguystalking.com slash crisis cops. That's twoguystalking.com slash crisis cops. And we are back. YouTubery is something that Mike and I have both learned to really love and share with our listeners. My section is something that is under uh, the banner of attention, mm-hmm. and it came out on the 19th of May of this year by Ashton Cooper. This kid invented a way to recycle styrofoam. Now, I never really thought one way or really? another. Yeah, exactly. I never really thought one way or another that you could or couldn't do it. But apparently, if you do it the way that you normally recycle anything, it comes out with a toxic substance, which is completely unusable. You can't recycle it. This kid and his team, you've, you've got to go and watch this. He's like 14, 15 years old. He's got braces. I mean, he is the, the quintessential teenager slash nerd. But him and his team actually came out with a way to turn styrofoam into activated carbon. Mm. You can use that in any filter system for air or water. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's priceless. Mm. Recycling foam is an incredibly ornate process, depending on what kind of foam it is. A lot of people aren't aware that there are actually different types of foam. Yeah. It's not just styrofoam. It's not just the foam that comes in the box you get with a television set. Yeah. It's not the just peanuts, the packing peanuts. Right. It's not just the packing peanuts. <clears throat> There's there are seven or eight different types of foam, I think. And the ability to recycle it really does depend on whether or not there's biomatter that is yeah. associated with it. There are many places, including a place that I'm terribly familiar with, that will recycle foam all day long, but it cannot have biological matter on it, i.e. You have to wash everything off? Well, no, you can't even do that because it'll still have biological matter on it. You can't, you can't take a hose to it and clean all the biological matter off. So food... Organic material, all of these things, that's nothing that can be used inside of the recycling process because it has to be clean foam to be recycled in other things. And that's what happens with the recycled foam is that it becomes these little pellets that are then manufactured into other things. And really, I I guarantee you that if all of you stop this podcast for a moment and look around the room that you're in, somewhere inside of the room that you're in right now, there is something made of whatever they are recycling foam out of. It's I'm just out of something right now. Yeah, it, it, it's just the way that it is. Yeah, uh, but it is an incredibly ornate process, and he's he's not wrong where all of it can become a not viable functional recycled material. He's not wrong, and that there are appropriate ways to do it. The way that this organization that I'm familiar with does it is that it takes in, you know, giant loads of foam, the appropriate kinds of foam. 
and it will take those things and then put them all into this giant foam demulsifier. All right. The giant foam demulsifier turns all of the materials into foam logs. And then the foam logs are then used to process into new beads and stuff and other all kinds of awesome. Okay. So it's a very interesting process that I guarantee you a lot of people don't know about. But we're going to include links inside the show notes, not only to this dude's program, but also to this organization that I'm referring to where you can actually see the foam logs being made from this demulsifier machine. Yeah, I'm just weird enough I'd find that entertaining. Yeah, it's very interesting. Actually, there was a really interesting factoid that he had in this as well. Do you know that on its own it takes 500 years for styrofoam to break down. Yeah, and I think that's being kind. I, I really do think that I, I, even the, even that I remember I remember years ago where there was now this new kind of foam that was biodegradable. Sure it is. Do you know what be a plus if they actually if this is actually came around and it was used in mass? Just maybe McDonald's would come back with the McDLT. Remember that? Probably not. For those oh. of you that aren't familiar with the DL, why don't McD- you explain McDLT. it? McDLT. Oh, yeah. the McDLT was great. It was it was it was a, it was you know just a, a gimmick in a lot of respects, but it was a delicious sandwich because what you do is you'd get <laughs> the McDLT on one side. You've got the the whole gimmick was the hot stays hot and the cold stays cold. So on one side your burger is sitting over yeah, there you, nice you, and hot. Yeah, you have to describe the container though first. Oh, it was a styrofoam container that had uh, two different sides to it. You had the hot side and you had the cold side and mm-hmm. the hot side was literally your bun with the, your burger sitting on it nice and hot right. and over on the cold side in a separate little container that was attached to it was your lettuce and your tomatoes and whatever else on it so your sandwich was always fresh when you got it, it was delicious mm. but of course that was right after when they really started uh, the, the making a stink about styrofoam and mm-hmm. that went th- but you know what kills me is that they got rid of that and they got rid of the styrofoam containers for Big Macs and things like that. A filet fish sandwich used to be in a blue in a blue container. Yes, it was, dude. But here's the thing that ticks me off is that you still get the the, the, cute, the quick trip cups in, in styrofoam. Coffee cups are still in styrofoam. You can get styrofoam plates, but no, we got to get rid of the McDLT and the Big Mac box. And yeah, the McDLT wasn't big on my. I'm whining. Sorry, guys. That's right. The, the McDLT <laughs> wasn't big on my market mostly because, well, I hate vegetables, <laughs> so. Essentially, I would just eat one side of the burger and it's fresh anyway. Uh, that or I would just get one that doesn't include all that stuff and who cares? Wow, you really are pickier than me. Oh, okay. yes. I had, I had one more. Uh, it, was, it was along the same vein. It mm-hmm. was, uh, and, and this, is, this is amazing. I think you and I can both agree that the internet and TV are just loaded with garbage that is going to rot your brain in one sure. form or another. Oh, yeah. Faster, but than, it is amazing. faster than styrofoam. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing the stuff that you can find on YouTube. This, this one is uh, falls under the uh, In the Know Delights, uh, probably under the heading of Inkwell Manor. Mm-hmm. It was a young woman, a young single mother with four kids mm-hmm. who built a house. Mike, she built this house using nothing but YouTube tutorials. She took out a loan. Her and her kids built this thing from the ground up using YouTube tutorials. You've got to watch the video. It really is inspirational because I'm I'm useless. I'm happy if I get a light bulb screwed in correctly. Mm. Yeah, I'm definitely not the guy to help build a house. There's some current fixings that need to happen in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> so saith the St. Charles County inspector. Ooh, so, oh, yeah. okay. That's a story for another day, but I asked about the origins of that. Actually, that was the phone call this morning, actually. And I asked the origins of that, and they said that my homeowners association initiated a sweep. And I'm like, can this sound more like some sort of military mission? Yeah, really? You know, did they send out the, the, you know, the Humvees with the people that were inspecting homes or whatever? Anyway, so I'll be tending to some of the stuff on the back of my house. (laughs) It just... 
just dumb stuff, dumb stuff. My YouTuber for this episode has got to focus on YouTube Red. Do you know what YouTube Red is? Yeah, they keep wanting me to join, and I never have. Okay, well, I have okay. because there is a there's a month free, oh. and I would have not bothered really. Yeah, uh, I'm not the guy that jumps into subscriptions stuff like this, <laughs> especially the viewing stuff. I I really just don't have the time to devote to it. Exactly, which is why I didn't bother with it, especially because it does have an extra ten dollar per month price associated with it. But they offered me a month free, and and. Uh, fellow podcaster Donna Harris invited me to come and review Cobra Kai. Ooh. Do you know what Cobra Kai is? Well, that was the name of the uh, dojo that uh, Danielson's uh, uh, enemy went to. That's correct. His name is Johnny Lawrence. Yes. Right. And that's where it all happened, especially as we all remember back in 1984, wherever you were, oh, to yeah. watch the original Karate Kid. And the subsequent films, if you have watched those. I watched the second one because that Japanese girl was so hot. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Anyway, I have always wanted to go back and review and perspective review the original Karate Kid. Okay. And so I thought that this would be appropriate. So, you know, I thought, well, you know what? I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the trailers for Cobra Kai and I thought, this is going to suck. I mean, like, this is going to be exactly what happened with 21 Jump Street and Chips inside of the feature film avenues. Uh-huh. I was totally wrong. Really? This is an augment series to the original film. Okay. And has tethers into the second film as well, but it's definitively a total nostalgia bomb honorarium for the original Karate Kid. It is all so moving. There's 10 episodes. They're each about a half an hour long. Oh, wow. It's totally worth your time to jump on to YouTube Red Get the trial. Make sure you've got time. In fact, this weekend, as we record this, it happens to be a holiday weekend. Uh If you have a holiday weekend where you know you're going to have half a day over the course of three days, let's say, Uh to sit and watch it, I totally recommend it. Okay. If you're not familiar with the original film or just have little spot memories of it, then go back and watch the original film as well. That is on just about every single platform available (laughs) online. And that movie is also incredibly moving. If you have not seen it in the last 10 years, you really need to go back and visit it. Because as an adult, and now with a kid, and now with so many more robust light bulb teaching moments over the course of my life, uh-huh. going back and, and visiting the original Karate Kid was where I think I had my first light bulb moment. Really? Uh, a little bit of... Was uh, it the wax on, wax off? No, it's after that. Oh. It's, it's actually the, the... And this is a little bit of stealing from our perspective review that we're going to record. Okay. But the, the big, giant teaching light bulb moment of the original... And this is... This wasn't just for that movie. This is for, like, life. Yeah. Right. No, I know, there was I know a, where you're going with this. It was a life lesson. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was... I think it was the very first life lesson that I remember somehow incorporating after watching a movie. And it's, it's the series of days and or a couple of weeks where... Miyagi invites Daniel-san over to do every single chore mm-hmm. that Miyagi did not do. Right. So waxing the cars, Nailing, painting the fence, panting, all of it, yeah. all of those menial tasks right. that was just complete slave labor right? because Miyagi could take advantage of him and he didn't care at all about Daniel-san, right? That's what you would think, yeah. Wrong. And that that moment where Daniel's just going off on him and he, he cannot possibly believe how, how how much of an advantage has been taken of him. Mm-hmm. And instantly, Miyagi-san, yeah. he barks at him. Right. And in the next 20 seconds, 
you instantly have the very first learning moment of your life. Hmm. It is it is an absolutely transformative moment that is, again, there, there are so many salutes and honorariums inside of Cobra Kai. Uh, more importantly, the very first episode that I reviewed with Donna Harris, we'll put links into this episode over to her ongoing review, because I only reviewed the first episode with her. Okay. But we'll link over to those. And it really is, a it, again, it's that augment, because you get to visit... Johnny Lawrence, 35 years later, and see what has happened to his life. It is an absolute train wreck. It, it, it's, it's every single moment you know you would never want to have as a parent. Wow. And man, all rolled up into, into 10 times 30 minutes across, across that series. So his life just took a dive after he lost the contest. It, it's unbelievable. Uh, something else I used inside of her review, we'll probably use inside of ours as well, is something called I call the is something I call the Peter Parker factor. You're familiar with who Peter Parker yeah, is? Yeah. Okay. S- Spider Man. Right. For those that aren't familiar, Peter Parker is the young man that is Spider Man. Peter Parker is essentially his alias. His when he doesn't have the mask on, he's Peter Parker. When he does, he's Spider Man. And what happens inside of every single comic book and every single iteration of Spider-Man's life inside of anything moviedom is the Peter Parker principle. And that's where, oh man, Peter missed the bus. Well, boy, does that suck? Oh, oh man, Peter got booked at school by insert name of bully. Man, mm-hmm. that sucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, Peter tripped over his own feet in the lunchroom and spilled his lunch. Mm-hmm. Man. And the stacking and the stacking and the stacking of negative plight that is eventually somehow satiated by him being a hero. Mm-hmm. Until, of course, the Peter Parker principle enacts to Spider-Man the hero and it starts all over again. That's the Peter Parker principle. Well, what you have inside of Cobra Kai is very much the same thing. Where if you thought that Johnny's life was just a pile of steaming crap mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. wait about a minute. And you'll see another stone get piled on his chest. Mm. And then you'll see another piece of rubber being stacked onto his back. Mm-hmm. And it just continues to stack. And he, the, the plight that they've painted, it could have been so cartoony. And it's not. It's really well done. We're going to link over to YouTube Red's Cobra Kai. Uh, again, the first two episodes are free. Even if you don't want to watch all of it, I totally recommend that you go there. Because it, is, again, is a great augment to anything that has to do with the original Karate Kid movie. Wisdom of the Ages is Mike and I going back in time, basically as far back as anything that was recorded in history. Any any pearl of wisdom that was worthwhile keeping down through the ages, mm-hmm. Mike and I examine it in the light of modern day and see if it still holds true for modern man. And so far we've gone back about as far as 5,000 years, and interestingly enough, it still holds true which makes me believe that people don't change. Time and technology might, or circumstances and technology might, but people don't change. My pick for today is from Rolf Waldo Emerson. Good manners are made up of petty sacrifices. This is from Letters and Social Aims in 1876. Good manners are made up of petty sacrifices. It's so simple, but I can't see how there is any lie in that. I was thinking of an example. Matter of fact, I was going to ask you about this, Mike. Mm -hmm. We live in different parts of the city, but there's something that I've noticed in every single part of St. Louis as a driver, and I love pointing it out to people from out of town because their eyes just bug out of their head. Mm -hmm. You can pull up to any intersection in the city of St. Louis or the county, 
does not matter who is on, like say you're on the inside lane. They're on the outside lane and you suddenly realize you need to get jump into the lane ahead of them for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Does it not matter who is in that other car? They can be a uh, different ethnicity, age, economic background, doesn't matter. You uh, get their attention, honk, get their attention, they look over, and you just make a gesture that you want to get into that seat, and they will nod and let you go. And that doesn't happen, as far as I know, in just about any other part of the country. I'll do that from folks from Boston, and their eyes bug out of their heads. They just can't even believe that people would stop and make that little sacrifice to let somebody else get ahead. And there's so many other examples as well. I think the best sample that that reminds me of, especially dealing with Did they do that Louis, what, You mean in the, in the traffic? Yeah. I don't think I notice enough. Okay. I, I, I tend to always make sure that I'm not driving inside of real thick and heavy traffic. Well, this is like just like, this is just in like in like in the city, not not necessarily on the freeway. But you're you're in town. You're at an intersection. You're at a four way, and you want to get into that lane for. I'm always reason. the guy that lets people go, so I'm I'm not the guy that's on the I'm not in the middle of the in the middle of the intersection first. I'm okay, I just I guess I drive address, aggressively as a taxi cab driver, mm-hmm. but I've seen other people do it as well. I, I think I drive aggressively. I just don't get out in the middle first. That's I, I, that that's never a place to be anyway. Ah, okay. There's something else I wanted to equate that to also, and it's baseball fans. For okay. those of you that are at all familiar with baseball. Baseball fans, depending on which city you're in, all have a particular flavor. And I would tell you that St. Louis baseball, by far, every single game, regardless of the team in the city, including the Chicago Cubs, Mm -hmm. are the best and kindest fans in professional baseball. No, you're right. I've heard other people from out of town say that. It is is almost scary, seriously, to, to to wear any other jersey inside of an arena slash... A baseball stadium somewhere else it's almost it's almost a set of crosshairs on you oh i know exactly what you're talking about and that's not the case asterisk inside of st <laughs> louis as much as i want to congratulate and celebrate all of my fellow cardinal fans i have to tell you that every single time i wear anything that says the word red Sox on it or has the red Sox logo on it uh-huh. i always get the the absolute hatred we've talked about it in a couple of other episodes too all right but there's always that meh boo uh-huh. Whatever. And, and and then especially, and I know that we've mentioned it inside of another episode, but it's fun to mention it anyway. Every time I get the walking by and I know that I'm wearing something Boston-based and someone goes, boo, Red Sox suck. Whenever we're walking out, it doesn't matter what we're walking out of, I'll go, right. hey, hey, do they sell brooms in there? Referring to, of course, the World Series sweep. Oh, and so they traditionally <laughs> just shut up and walk away and go be kind to someone else. Um, but thankfully, I do not wear my Red Sox stuff often. Which I was is downtown sad. when that happened. It was ugly. Oh yeah, yeah. I, it doesn't get more uglier than you really, really did screw the pooch. Yeah, and it, they did. Yeah, anytime any team goes out on a sweep, it's never. There's nothing good going on there. But I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember seeing, and I'm sure you saw the same thing. It was uh, that video of uh, when the Vikings lost and they're walking away and yeah. fans are whipping cans of beer at them. Yeah. It's like, why are yeah. you being such a jackass? There's yeah. just no reason for that. Well, it's it's very strange because, you know, the difference between uh, being rugged as a fan to another fan and the word assault. Uh-huh. Exactly. It gets blurred very, very quickly. Very, very quickly. And I just, I don't get it. It's like, it, it it's just a game. It's just a team. It's You know, it's not though. It's really it's not. It's the tribalism that they're talking more and more about. It's not only the tribalism, it's it, it it's it's niche tribalism. 
there are a series of fans inside of just about every single sports team where there are the fans for X inside of the sports team, mm-hmm. and there's a fan group for the X inside of the sports team, and however many of those you want to concoct, they're, they're all there. Mm-hmm. They can all be found, even for the mascots. Yeah. So they're all there, and again, when those things clash... You know, it's a it's a giant clashing of things, and that typically means struggle and strife. Okay. So, but anyway, St. Louis, definitively, kindest fans. Those of you that come to St. Louis, regardless of what team you're with. You'll be shocked. With the exception of pleasantly shocked. Sox. Yes, you will, you'll be absolutely pleasantly shocked. More importantly, you'll be able to notice the fans that are not St. Louis Cardinal fans. Because typically they are not kind. And they yeah. typically do stand out. Yeah. The, the ones that I had a really bad experience with over a series of games were New York Mets fans. Yeah, I'm really? really outlandishly going out of their way to be prickly pear. And, I, you know, I, the things that I wouldn't do, I would never go to a visiting baseball place. I would, I absolutely would wear my colors. Right. But I would never be prickly pear. Right. You, you gain nothing out of that. No. It is, is, is like, it's, it's like I before, said before, and I think that I've told you this. My philosophy on dealing with people, very simply put, is this. It is fun to be an asshole when the occasion calls for it. But there's no profit ever in being a dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, you can, you can take that as a weightism. Go right ahead. Mike, you got one? I do. I do. This is from one of my favorite sage historians. Ah. It's from many, many years ago. Medical oh, wait. Medical. It's not. It's actually from a guy named Jocko Willink. Jocko Willink is a former Navy SEAL battalion leader. You told me about this guy. I remember I have. He's somebody that I refer to often because I like to take a lot of the things that he says and hold them as tent posts inside of not only my life, but the things that I do. Because many of them are a skeletal structure you can use for success based on whatever your concept of success is. doesn't make any difference. Have you met him? What? Have you met him? No, no, oh, I haven't. Okay. Uh, I would like to. I think he would break my arm by shaking my hand. <laughs> <laughs> what, corner the, of the, what corner of the country does he live in? Uh, he's in San Diego. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's in San Diego. Maybe when I go for Comic-Con again, I might stop out there and somehow accidentally meet him. Whatever. Anyway, the, the gist is that Jocko provides a variety of different items inside of his life and mostly his podcast, which is mm-hmm. where I take him in. Mm-hmm. And inside of his uh, podcast run, this is now probably a year ago, He had a piece of one of his passages that has now been lifted out and used across a variety of segments and videos. And we'll link up to all of them inside of the show notes for this episode. Mm. But it all starts off with, how do you deal with failures? One word, good. And what follows is tremendous. It is, without question, another incredible light bulb learning moment that I would equate to my original learning moment inside of the original Karate Kid movie. Okay. Because it's a building block that helps you understand everything that you see and experience around you in a completely different light. And all it takes is somebody else talking about it and then saying the word good. And then a tiny explanation of why it's good. I'm not going to, there's no way that I can emulate Jocko. Mm -hmm. Jocko, again, for those of you that hear the words, former Navy SEAL leader, yes. He looks exactly badass. He he is, he is without question badass. But what he also is, is a bricklayer in the realm of positive structural thought. We need more of those. Without question. And so we're going to link up to that. You'll be able to get Jocko's pieces of his speech. And what I hope you'll do, I don't want you to tell me about how it moved me. 
because I've already told you guys that about how it moved me. What I want to know is, how do Jocko's words move you? Taxi! Go over to our Facebook presence over at facebook.com forward slash WadeSense and tell us what you think. Everyone, we hope that you've enjoyed listening to this podcast just as much as Mike and I did putting it together. I'm your host, Wade B. Olson, and as always, please remember, you can make excuses or you can have results, but you cannot have both. This has been Wade Sense. Good app. Oh, shit, that's not good afternoon. Um, sorry. I'm rusty. It's been a while. Uh, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Just have a conversation, dude. Yeah. Okay. You talk to thousands of people a week. Mike and I will be right back. We've got our YouTube reselection. I think we're both. You're both going to be very happy. With, oh yeah. I think you're both going to be really happy. You're both. You're all going to be really happy with what it is that we picked. Stay right tuned for you. Stay. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, silence is awesome. If if you can't think of anything, just and then jump right back on the train. Okay. It is a completely different way of thinking, but you'll get there. Hi. Don't you I'm dare Wade. laugh. <laughs> there will be no laughing in this Shut studio. Up. Shut up. Let me get this out. There's our Easter egg. Awesome. <laughs>